0: that time, the sports
1: talker. Here's TJ Walker. Hello everybody. Welcome to a Tuesday edition of the sports talker today. Sorry about the delay. We're getting started about six, seven minutes late. Uh, Some technical difficulties, but we're here now and we don't expect to lose any connection like we did yesterday during the show. Uh, That's what we were taking care of and and we're ready to rock and roll. Lots to talk about today. I might get in some good debates. I've got a surprise story to tell, uh, that may or may not involve Yates. Yates, how are you today?
0: Doing well, TJ. How are you?
1: I'm doing great. Uh, we'll, we'll get to that story, that potential story later on in the show. Let's take care of some sports first, but, uh, Looking, looking, looking forward to talking about that. We will do Ask Yates questions tomorrow, uh, but this isn't necessarily a question. This is something I heard through the grapevine, and I can't wait. And <laughs> this is the first that Yates have heard about this. Uh, you know, I don't really even get a sense that Yates even likes me that much, but um, or that well, might change. That's just not true. That might that might change today. We'll see. Uh, we'll see. Anyway, it's kind of a overcast day. It's definitely fall. Fall weather. Uh, I like it. This is my type of weather. Uh, I know a lot of other people would rather it be a little bit warmer, maybe a little sunnier, but uh, it is what it is. World Series starts tonight. Yates, any hot takes on the World Series?
0: Uh, Well, if you ask ask Trevor, I, I hate the Royals and hope that they don't score a run, but that's not true. I'd like to see the Royals win.
1: Why would he say that you hate the Royals?
0: Because I didn't really watch much of the postseason up to this point. So he, he took that as me hating the Royals. And because last week he attempted to claim that this Royals run, if they win the World Series, will be one of the top five Cinderella stories in all of sports history. And I told him that I didn't think that that was true.
1: Uh, I would need a lot of time to think about that. But that's, that's saying a lot to say it would be one of the top five Cinderella stories. Uh, I'm inclined to say no, but it is pretty unbelievable, all things considered. But the, the, Yates, you can you can tell me if you agree or disagree here. Uh, I, I'm curious to hear your input. This is one of the reasons why I don't necessarily like baseball's postseason. And there's no doubt about it that the Royals are really hot right now, and, and they they deserve to be where they are. You don't lose a playoff game, of course, you deserve to be in the in the World Series. But the reason I don't necessarily like well, I like baseball, but there's one re- The reason why I like basketball and football and golf and some other sports ahead of baseball is because let's say you took a team like the Yankees, who had a bad season, all things considered, uh, was in the postseason hunt for, for the majority of the season, maybe the last two weeks they weren't. Say you took a team like the Yankees and you just granted them a, a pass to the playoffs, although they didn't deserve it and they didn't win the wild card and finished quite a few games outside of the wild card. Is it all that crazy to think that you could just pick and choose uh, a random competitive team and put them in the playoffs and they couldn't make a run?
0: No, I mean, they I don't think that's terribly far off.
1: They couldn't get hot. Uh, it's just it's whoever's the hottest team in baseball and whoever whatever team has the most momentum and the most confidence and it's pretty clear that those two teams are the Giants and Royals. The Royals were lucky to beat the Athletics to even make the real playoffs, and there's no doubt in my mind that if if this could be the ath- Athletics right now playing in the World Series, uh, again it is impressive that you don't lose a postseason game. But that's one of the things I, I kind of dislike about playoff baseball and it's different than March Madness of course you know any any playoffs it's going to be the hottest team that's going to go the furthest but you couldn't take a team in the NFL that missed the playoffs and feel good about them making a postseason run you couldn't take a team that didn't make the NCAA tournament uh instead making the NIT take them out of the NIT put them back in March Madness and say that they would have made a deep run. Uh, but in baseball, I feel like teams that miss the playoffs, and maybe it's only because five teams make the playoffs, I feel you could take any – just that's how baseball works. It's just pitching and momentum and, and who's playing well on any given day. That's why I don't really – I like the Royals. I'm happy for them. Um, I like the Giants. They're just a fun team to watch year in and year out. I was happy they beat the Cardinals, uh, but I don't really have much of a rooting interest in this World Series. I don't necessarily care who wins. Uh, My prediction would be that the Giants would win because they've been in this spot before, and that would be my pick. We'll have to wait and see all the action gets started tonight. As always, you can tweet into the show. You can tweet, text, however, whatever way you can get my attention, uh, I I will... be happy to read your hot takes onto the air. As always, I, I think it's going to be a pretty spirited sports talker today. Yates, I went to Chipotle for the first time ever today. What would you think? Well, here's the thing. <laughs> I had I, I never really admitted that I'd never been to Sh- Chipotle before because I would like to get in on the Qdoba-Chipotle debates without people knowing that I'd actually never been there before because then instantly they're going to throw out your opinion. Uh, although I never claimed that I had gone to Chipotle, I just had always been a big Qdoba fan. And, and here's my opinion after this. Kudoba's the better overall place. They have queso. I'm not a big queso guy to begin with, so I don't really care mu- much about that. But they have queso, and they just have more menu wow. items, more things that you can get. But I will say that the av- just your normal burrito from Chipotle is better than your normal burrito from Qdoba. That being said, the breakfast burrito from Qdoba is God's gift to Earth. There's nothing better than that in the world. But just a normal burrito from Chipotle is better than your normal burrito from Qdoba. Thoughts?
0: Uh, well, I, I actually also never been to Chipotle, so. But I get queso pretty much any time I go to Qdoba, so I, I'm. That's one of the reasons why I've pretty certain that I wouldn't necessarily like it. I like queso too much.
1: Hmm. Yeah, I, I, if you really, really like queso, then obviously Quito would be the better place, but it was interesting. There's just something about Chipotle's burrito that tasted a little bit better. Maybe maybe it was fresher, something along those lines. I'm not 100% sure, uh, but I was happy I was able to go. Price-wise, I don't know. It, it, it they're, they're about the same. Uh, But let's not forget about Salsarita's Burrito and the Carolina Reaper Yates. I feel that's underrated, in in my opinion.
0: Uh, Well, yeah, I probably will never try that. But, yeah, I mean, you could definitely never forget about that. The Carolina Reaper Burrito, burrito. I'm sorry, uh, that you made a significant dent in. uh, And I I imagine it was pretty good if you're into that sort of thing.
1: Uh, that's maybe that should be in its own category because that's actually, like you said, that's a brojito, not a burrito. Uh, and that was really, really good, but also um, unbelievably hot, uh, but made me feel terrible as there's picture evidence. Uh, that was interesting. Squilliam 1855 says, Kidoba but breakfast burrito is the best. I agree. I mean, there's nothing better than that. When I lived in Lexington and I was a student, uh, we would go out. Yeah, probably two or three times during the week, uh, just to go out and hang out with friends. But almost all those nights would end with us going to get a Qdoba breakfast burrito. Um, maybe has a little bit to, to do with the, the, that and the beer maybe results in my beer gut right now. But, uh, those were the days. And now I can't remember the last time I've had a breakfast burrito, which is kind of sad. Uh, We'll try little tweets back into the show. Qdoba bumped burrito prices to uh, more, so they include toppings now. That I know. I, I saw that. I wasn't very happy about that because I'm not – I just I'm, – I'm pretty straight edge. I like to get – I like to eat uh, just what they give you. I don't really need extras. I don't like queso. I don't like nasty guacamole. I don't like any of that uh, trash. I just like to keep it simple. A lot of people debating whether or not they like Chipotle or Qdoba better. Uh, That is one of the more heated debates you can find on Twitter or amongst friends is asking that question. But uh, maybe we'll come back to that in a little bit. Uh, They announced today that UK's blue-white scrimmage will be on SEC Network. So you couldn't watch Big Blue Madness in its entirety on TV, but you will be able to watch the blue-white scrimmage. Now this is what I said last week on the Sports Talker: is that the blue-white scrimmage is better than Big Blue Madness if you're actually a fan of basketball. Uh, that will be on October 27th. That will be that'll be fun to watch because it, you know there's no surprise UK's team is loaded. Uh, it can go 10 deep, probably 12 deep. Uh, that Big Blue, the 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 blue-white scrimmage is going to be a good chance to see who matches up well together, who kind of gets the better of who, uh, my attention is going to be on the front line. Obviously I want to see what Trey Lyles can do. Uh, you haven't really gotten to see a ton of him yet. And, and that you did have a scrimmage during big blue madness, but that scrimmage didn't necessarily mean much to me. And I want to see what he can do against the length of UK's front line, because right now to me, Trey Lyles is the odd man out. I know what Dakari can do. And I know what Willie Culley Stein can do. And Carl Anthony towns has a set, uh, that only few freshmen in college basketball have. Uh, he's one of a kind with his height and an ability to put the ball on the floor and and, and also knock down jump shots. Trey Lyles, he could do a lot. You know, I, I saw him in AAU and I saw him in high school and he won a state championship for his Arsenal Tech Indianapolis team last year. But I want to see what he can do in college against competition that's not high school competition and not AAU competition. I want to see what he can do. And if he can score on these UK bigs and if he can uh, ha- kind of have his way and, and, and get rebounds and bang with some of these UK bigs, then that will show to me that he's going to be able to do that almost against anybody. So I, that's why this blue-white scrimmage is, is I think, a, a really important and uh, a must-see event for UK fans and also um, you know, very intense basketball analysts who kind of want to – I uh, try to predict the final four and how far UK can go from day one. Uh, it's going to be a good chance to see that. I didn't really get a chance yesterday to talk much about big blue madness, and I won't spend a ton of time on it. Uh, another great event for the people that were there. I watched it on watch ESPN, ESPN three uh, projected onto my TV, and, and it seemed like a lot of fun. And uh, I, I kind of know how things went from a recruiting angle because that's what I cover. Drake being there, And while Drake seems like a lot of people like him, a lot of people dislike him uh, for him to be there from a recruiting standpoint is huge. Uh, I I wrote, I I spoke with Steven Zimmerman's mom last night, and it was funny talking about how overwhelmed and how many autographs uh, her son had to sign and all the pictures being taken. But then as soon as they met Drake, the, shoe was on the other foot and he wanted pictures and uh, you know, wouldn't have minded an autograph. So I thought that was pretty funny to hear that and see that play out. So uh, he was huge. Uh, a lot of recruits took pictures with him. And then uh, I did think he was going to perform, which he didn't do, but that he did go in the, the layup line and the three point line and uh, kind of embarrass himself a little bit there but it, it is good to if you're uk to have an ambassador like that he's got 4.4 million twitter followers i mean to have somebody like that around your program is uh significant but the event as a whole kind of your same old thing matthew mitchell who dances every year and has this little show uh this year danced to bruno mars and i watched the i watched it. It, was, it was pretty good i wouldn't say it was his best but it was pretty good uh, but Yates, did you see Louisville woman's head coach, his uh, not so subtle jab at Matthew Mitchell?
0: I did not know.
1: Oh, it was pretty good. Uh, I guess this might've been during the, the Louisville red white scrimmage, which I kind of wanted to talk about. And I also forgot to talk about that yesterday as well. Uh, I guess it was during that broadcast, and I think Howie Lindsay, who's been on the show here before, was one of the commentators and asked uh, Jeff Waltz if he would ever plan on dancing uh, to help get recruits. And, and I want to find the exact quote, but it, it was something along the lines of, uh, he said, no, no, I don't, I'm not going to waste my time on that. I'm more focused on coaching and final fours. Uh, which Matthew Mitchell in UK's women basketball program has never been to a Final Four. Um, I've covered the uk women's basketball rivalry as a student reporter at UK. Uh, they seem to like each other by all accounts. Uh, I, I've, they, they've always, in post-game press conferences, have nice words to say about each other. Several times we'll meet each other outside the locker rooms and talk after games. Uh, but that was a not-so-subtle shot uh what UK does to help recruit players uh, and, and what Louisville does. It's interesting that, that in that women's basketball rivalry, Louisville has had much more of a postseason success, but Kentucky has really dominated the head-to-head series as, as of late. I guess it's personal preference and which one you would prefer. I would always... Uh, I would take my team losing to the rival every year if they, if it meant they were playing for national titles every year. Um, but I guess it's for per, personal preference there, but uh, interesting nonetheless. So big blue madness ca- ca- came and went and uh, fans that were there absolutely loved it. And, uh, but that, that was kind of the official start to college basketball. It's really just in naming now that you say that's the official start practice started about a week and a half before then, but now you can. Now the coaches are going to be able to practice with their team. You're not going to see coaches travel as much. Recruiting won't take necessarily a back seat, uh, but you won't get as much recruiting as you, you won't have coaches flying across the country to meet with recruits like you normally did. But Kentucky, uh, just a huge, huge uh, recruiting weekend for them, and it, it seemed to be very positive. Uh, we'll talk more a little bit about recruiting uh, later on in the show. Also need to talk some football. Announced today that, uh, Yates, this has to kind of bug you a little bit. Uh, Notre Dame's going to continue using conferences like it has been the last decade, two decades, for as long as I can remember. Uh, Playing ACC games without being in the ACC until 2025. It was renewed. Not going to play Louisville again until 2019. And that game will be at Papa John's. Uh, but you, I'm sure you and uh, and plenty of other Louisville fans were hoping to to get Notre Dame much sooner than that. As as you all go to South Bend this season. Yeah,
0: I mean it. It would be nice to get them to play here a little sooner than that. But I think the next two after that are are pretty close together. So I don't know. I mean it. Whatever.
1: They, that's you know being in the ACC now. You don't necessarily have to worry about the home schedule as much as you're always going to get Clemson or Florida state coming to town one year or the other, you're going to get Kentucky every two years, the same year that Florida state's come comes to town. The schedule won't be as big as a concern, but uh, having a name like Notre Dame come to town is without a doubt huge. I guess that will fall on a year that Clemson will be there as well. So that's, that's got a chance to be a monster home schedule, uh, that, that just bugs me so much that Notre Dame and conferences are okay with Notre Dame doing that. If everybody just kind of blackballed Notre Dame, they'd have to eventually join a conference. But now it's kind of a power five deal and it's kind of worked out. And obviously Notre Dame needs conferences for all their smaller sports, but they can just kind of abuse and use the conference system for a football Uh, it's always kind of bugged me but that's neither here nor there Uh, so I I knew we were kind of late coming into the show so I wanted to wait a little bit longer to go to our first commercial break we're going to take that first commercial break now I need to have my SEC power rankings that I give out on Tuesdays uh, and also talk about something kind of idiotic that Skip Bayless talked about so stick around here on 1450 the sports buzz we'll be right back
0: You're listening to The Sports Talker with T.J. Walker on 1450 The Sports
1: Buzz. We're back here, 1450 The Sports Buzz. Uh, I'm excited that I'm going to be, this year, getting back in the fantasy basketball circuit. It had been, I guess, only a a year off, Uh, but when I was in two years ago, very, very competitive. We're going to draft... On Thursday night, Yates, do you play fantasy basketball? I do not. You do not.
0: I played it one time, and I was pretty terrible at it, and decided I didn't really care for it. I just it's very,
1: it's yeah, it's very different than football. It, It takes a lot more time. It doesn't have to take a lot more time, but if you want to be a thorough manager, it does take a lot of time. We're having some debates on some of the settings in our fantasy league uh yates yeah, i'll kind of explain out some of the different points and some of the settings and if you have an input one way or the other feel free to to chime in but one of the settings of fantasy basketball uh, i guess in football you can either choose to go head to head or points where if you do points at the end of the year whoever has the most points wins if you do head to head it's more like a real season setting uh, you can do that same stuff in fantasy basketball but there's two different ways to go head-to-head, and the way fantasy basketball is scored is you have categories, uh, say points made, three pointers made, rebounds, steals, blocks. It ends up at turnovers as a as a negative category. It ends up being uh, anywhere from nine to ten categories. It can be more, it can be less. It depends how how technical and uh, how cute you want to get with it. You can even put in ejections as a negative category, which is just stupid. I'm, I'm all for ejections, but uh, you can do those categories to make it, whoever wins the majority of the categories goes one and O oh on the week and it accumulate, accumulates throughout the week. Or you can make it go, uh, if you win six out of the nine categories, then you go six and three on the week and so you either end up playing, you know, 17 weeks per se, so you can either end up playing seven, 17 games and finish, you know, 10 and 7 or whatever your record may be, or you can play 9 games a week, each category being a game, and that ends up being, let me do that math in my head, assuming there's 17 weeks, there's probably more than that, uh, 3, 6, 153, 153 games. So... Yates, which one would you prefer? Just kind of hearing me sound that out.
0: I think I would probably prefer the one game head to head,
1: and and it seems like we're kind of split on our league. I, I prefer the other way around, of course. Mean you're going to disagree uh, because you could get unlucky theoretically and lose your matchups. Let let's you, let's say you lost your first five weeks, five to four. You lost by one category each week. Then you're 0 and 5 on the year, and that's really tough to bounce back from. Where on the flip side, if you did the categories and you lost 5 to 4 for five weeks, then you'd be 20 and 25 on the year, and you'd be a, a potential 9 and a week from being 29 and 25 just like that. So that's that's why I'm kind of against the one to know. I, I think you could get people more interested throughout the year. By doing the categories counting in those games, but it's interesting. There's not really one set way to play fantasy basketball. Where it seems like for fantasy football, the settings for the most part are universal. Uh, the big difference is whether or not you you play PPR or not. Uh, so that that's that's one take on that. Uh, another big controversy in our league, Yates, is one of our members wants to make field goal or free throws made a category and Free throw percentage—a category that seems like a bit of overkill, right? Yeah, am I crazy for thinking that?
0: Yeah, I would think you would go with one or the other.
1: And I would agree with that. One or the other is what I would theoretically like to do. But for me, free throw percentage is just a a bit of a communist way to to even the playing field instead of free throws made. At the end of the day, if you make a free throw, that's your reward. If you miss a free throw your reward is nothing. You don't get one. And the other team doesn't get one either. You worked your... You, you did something right to get to the line. So if you make it, then good for you. That's that's your reward. If you miss it, then nothing against you. It shouldn't hurt you because it, it doesn't hurt you. You just don't get a point. So by doing free throw percentage for me, and I'm obviously uh, very much against this, doing free uh, going against free throw percentage, you could, again, theoretically have a team that doesn't get to the line very much, but primarily guards that um, are good shooters, and you could win field free throw percentage by shooting just 20 free throws in the week versus having a team that is very physical and aggressive and gets to the line and shoots 150 free throws uh, but just misses more. So For me, the reward is get the better guys that are better at getting to the line if they make the free throws good. If they don't, then it plays out that way. So that's my take. I got a, a G chat message in from um, our buddy, Adam fantasy basketball is too big of a commitment. You have to keep track of it on a daily basis. That's why I don't do it. Uh, That's, it, it here's the thing. It is a bigger commitment than fantasy football, but you can set your lineups for the week. So you can go to Monday, set your lineup, and then hit a button that will take you to Tuesday's games, set your lineup, and you can do that throughout the week. And, and again, that takes more time than just fantasy football where it's one week and you have uh, six or seven days to look at your lineup and tinker with it and second guess and do that and this. Of fantasy basketball, it's a little bit more hands-on, but you can make it a one-day commitment for the rest of the week if you so choose. Um, but I'm excited about it. It's going to be the first time that I've done fantasy basketball for quite some time. Uh, it's And it sounds like there might be a little more moolah on the side, which will be interesting. Let me get to my SEC power rankings. I need to get these out there today. Uh, I forget what was going on last week when I was getting my power rankings. There's always something going on at the studio uh, whether it's people cutting the grass or my dog's freaking out and um, eating his own feces like he unfortunately likes to do time to time that I still can't figure out. And I will literally gladly take any advice and help, and somebody helping me how to figure out to get my dog to stop doing uh, so many disgusting things, that being the number one. Uh, so my SEC power rankings last week weren't – I didn't give it my 100% attention. So this week it's going to be a change. Number one, Mississippi State. Uh, No reason to drop them in the SEC power rankings just because of their bye week. Number two for me, Alabama. I still feel they're the second best team in the SEC. I still feel they're better than Ole Miss despite losing a heartbreaker down in Oxford. Number three, is Ole Miss really torn uh, between Ole Miss and Auburn? I feel that's a toss-up in my opinion, so that makes Auburn number four. Number five, Georgia. Uh, I think Georgia's actually the real deal, and if you uh, ignore their inexplicable loss at South Carolina, they would be a top five team in the country, maybe maybe higher than that. We'll learn more about Georgia as the season goes on, but they might as well book your tickets for Atlanta if you're a Bulldogs fan. Uh, number six is LSU. The, and They might have hit a rough patch, and uh, they lost to uh, Mississippi State at home and got blown out by Auburn, but I think they're starting to turn the corner. I think that narrow, close win in Florida will go a long way for them, and they absolutely, obviously, destroyed Kentucky. Uh, Kentucky, I have right after LSU. I I feel this is where the big drop-off in the conference is after those first six teams. Uh, Kentucky, just a bad night in Baton Rouge. I still feel at home they're going to be competitive against anybody, a.k.a. Mississippi State and Georgia. On the road, uh, it's never going to be as tough again as it was against LSU. You're going to get Missouri. You're going to get Tennessee. Uh, In those SEC games, those are more than winnable. Then uh, after Kentucky, I do have Missouri. uh, Just a dominant win at Florida. After that, Texas A&M, I still feel that they've got a a solid offense, but um, things certainly aren't maybe going their way. There's certainly no doubt about that. After Texas A&M, South Carolina, uh, they played Furman this past weekend. Arkansas, after that, just got destroyed by Georgia. Florida, they're not very good. champ's going to be gone. Tennessee, they're not very good either. <laughs> and last and certainly least is Vanderbilt. Uh, so that's my SEC power rankings for this week. Uh, didn't spend as much time on them as I would have liked. Uh, need to want to talk about uh, this Skip Bayless story that, that kind of broke today. Uh, just continuing to scratch my head up how people like this get employed. So he's talking on first take or whatever the show is called on ESPN. Not right now I still think of it as cold pizza. Uh, and I, I didn't hear the whole segment. I just saw the, the part where it um, kind of makes you drop your jaw. But basically his point is, until Kobe Bryant was accused of rape, his sneaker sales were down. And and he needed those rape charges to help him sell sneakers. Uh, His exact quote was, remember Kobe pre-Eagle, Colorado, which was where a a 19-year-old girl accused him of rape? Uh, remember K- Kobe pre-Eagle Colorado, he failed in his first sneaker sneaker deal because he was too clean cut. I think it was Adidas that had him first. He couldn't sell sneakers because he didn't have enough edge. Uh, but post-Eagle Colorado, it brought a little attention to him. Like, it gave him a little bit of sizzle. And there was an awkward interaction between uh, Stephen A. Smith and the, the host of the show. And then they went to commercial break. Just how do people like that get a job? Uh, hold a job, I guess, rather. It, it makes no sense. And you get Bill Simmons getting suspended by ESPN for two weeks. I would expect nothing less here. Even if you think that's true, which is stupid, which is so stupid, even if you think that's true, that's not something you say or make light of to say that uh, rape charges give you a little more sizzle. What an idiot. And I haven't checked his Twitter account since I've been on the radio. I've been working, uh, typing a few stories today. I don't know if he apologized or had anything to say about that, but i, I for some reason I feel offended by this just that you can that maybe it's me as a media member knowing that fellow media members can do and say such stupid things especially with him to such a big audience it's just unbelievable uh, it's it's certainly un, unfortunate but it, it, he always, he always he i don't know there's just few people i maybe dislike more than me not even dislike I don't know them. I don't know if they're bad people or good people, but there's more people there, there's very few people that I find more annoying in the media than he. Uh, pretty awful. And to say something like that is pretty awful. And if you need any more of an example of why you could possibly see so many female victims want to stay quiet, it's just people saying stupid stuff like that. Uh, Yates, did you see Jimbo Fisher's interview that he cut short?
0: I didn't watch the video of it, but I heard about it.
1: Basically, somebody asked him if they felt uh, his if they felt that his character was in being questioned because of all the Jameis Winston stuff, and if uh, the the question was if if it could come back to affect and impact his character and the more and more this Jameis Winston stuff comes out and is annoying and maybe overkill and this and that you're starting to, I I think see Jimbo Fisher's true colors and and I advise everybody to watch the video because uh, me talking about it doesn't necessarily do it justice. Uh, He's giving an interview talking about the Notre Dame, Florida state game and what went right and what went wrong. And uh, all of a sudden um, somebody asked whether there was any news regarding the Student Code of Conduct hearing because now Florida State's getting back involved in uh, the Student Code of Conduct. And Jimbo Fisher said, we're moving on with Louisville and talking about other things. Uh, everything should be great. Another reporter, a very nice and seemingly considerate reporter, kind of piggybacked off that question and asked if it had taken a hit on Fisher. Uh, and then, Fisher said, I'm done, I'm done, and doesn't just say I'm done and leave, but really tries to guilt trip the reporter into making, making him feel like the victim. For He gives the reporter a hard time uh, for acting like he's rude and saying that that was uh, clearly a topic that wasn't going to be discussed and the reporter says that he didn't know that, why would he know that, blah, blah, blah. Uh, anyways, I think you're starting to see that Jimbo Fisher's kind of a a loser, I think would be the right word. If Jameis Winston was a backup cornerback, a, a second or third string cornerback, he would have been dismissed. Not just because the rape allegations, uh, he could have been dismissed just for stealing of the crab legs and what he yelled in the library. Both those things, granted, I don't think, if you had a player that wasn't in the spotlight, those things wouldn't go unnoticed, but uh, you could discipline in-house. But then you add on top of that, Rape allegations. There's no way that a backup player would survive all that. There's no way. And it's obvious. Jameis Winston isn't a backup player. He's a Heisman Trophy winner. He led Florida State to a national championship. He could very well do it again this year. And he's an idiot. That people make mistakes, but I mean, he's just he's not he's not understanding it. He's not understanding the concept. And. I do believe in innocent until proven guilty. But there's no doubt that he's guilty of doing dumb thing after dumb thing and maybe being a criminal. I guess not being a criminal, there's no charges filed. But uh, if you're Jimbo Fisher and you're going to stand by his side, which is fine, I mean, if you really believe him, then that's fine, stand by his side, but don't take it out on the media when they ask. What Jimbo Fisher needs to remember is it's not the same media talking to him day in and day out. It's different people. And things change in time. And like he's ever going to update the media on findings from the student code of conduct and this and that. So when a media member asks, be a professional, And if you don't want to answer the question or you want to get away from the question, then just say that. You can do that without being rude. And most coaches have no problem doing that. So I I think the more and more this goes on, you're starting to see his true colors. And it's, again, I'm not a big Notre Dame fan. I'm not a Brian Kelly fan. But I found myself really wanting to see Notre Dame win. Why? Because... Florida State's pinning themselves, them against the world, without even trying to understand why people are starting to hate them or dislike them. Just ridiculous. Anyways, I had a, had a pretty good show today. Talked to Fantasy Basketball. Talked to Big Blue Madness. I've kind of been all over the spectrum. Yates, so uh, a source told me this story, and they wanted to get your your side of it so obviously the sports talker has a a little bit of a reach not maybe not maybe not a huge one but it, it does get out there a little bit and somebody told me and and thanks to our ass weights yates wednesdays uh knowing that you know you were in a fraternity at UVL and you did this and you did that that at one fraternity party, you'd accidentally taken maybe a, a shot of soap? Is this ringing any bells, Yates?
0: <laughs> no, this, that is not true whatsoever.
1: There's no truth to that story.
0: There's no truth to that story whatsoever. I, I perhaps know somebody who was, took a shot of soap uh, at the behest of someone else, but I did not ever take a shot of soap.
1: The source told me, and I quote, he once took a shot of dishwashing soap on accident and was burping bubbles at a party.
0: I'm not sure who your source is, but they are mistaken.
1: They are mistaken, and I'm sure they're listening to that. Uh, But I'll take your word for it, Yates. You've never given me any reason not to believe you. Um, We might have to follow up on that, follow up on maybe some of your fraternity partying days for— for his for for Ask Wednesday tomorrow, but I've got other sources now texting into the show, live texting into the show, saying that you got nervous when the question was asked and you're you're kind of starting to spin a little bit. Yeah, it's just come clean, man.
0: No, I, I swear on whatever you want me to swear on that I'd have never taken a shot of soap. Ever. Okay. And I know who your source was. Your secondary source that was Trevor, who's sitting in the other room.
1: it was the secondary source was Trevor.
0: I did, I did perhaps think that that story was going somewhere else.
1: Have that you was, ever? That was what my ever,
0: reaction was about. And I, unless your source gives you what what that may or may not have been, I I won't be bringing that up.
1: Have you ever taken a uh, a shot of barbecue sauce?
0: That may or may not be true.
1: Should we wait till tomorrow to hear the story?
0: Uh, that's that's up to you. It's your show. Uh, I,
1: we it, well, I don't know Greek life on account of I didn't go to Louisville and I wasn't a Greek at Louisville. But uh, we we should have a show where we exchange, exchange bro frat stories. Um, I think they could get pretty funny. Uh, again, we, my fraternity was kicked off of UK's campus for hazing. So Yates, you've got nothing to be shy about. If you want to, if you want to talk about dishwashing shots, dishwashing soap shots, we can, I'm sure we can, we can talk about that.
0: Well, like I said, I don't know anything about dishwasher soap. <laughs>
1: All right. Well, if, if if you say so, um, Again, World Series starts tonight. Changing gears, we'll we'll, we'll get back to it. we'll I'll I'll talk to some of my sources and we'll we'll figure some of this stuff out <laughs> on the show tomorrow. And it, it is Ask Yates Wednesday, so I'm expecting a lot of tweets and texts into the show about that. Uh, but World Series tonight. Uh, I, I've kind of been thinking during the show if it is a top five Cinderella story of all time. And my whole point in the first segment was basically that baseball, surprising runs are more common than any other sport, in my opinion. So that's why I don't know if I'd put it in there. Uh, Again, Trevor is much, and he's going to be on the show after me, Trevor's much older than me, so he's seen a lot more Cinderella runs. I wonder where Trevor would put... Villanova's win over Georgetown in 85, I believe, where that would rank for him, because I think that's often considered one of the biggest upsets in in all of sports when it comes to tournament runs. Uh, So I'm curious where he would rank that, but uh, don't know really who I'm going for today. Maybe I, I don't really care. I, I kind of like both teams. Again, I'm just happy that the Cardinals were beaten by the Giants. So maybe i cheer for the Giants because uh, they did me a favor. I don't really know. Um, anyways, big football weekend. We're going to have our picks on Friday, but uh, the UK Mississippi State game, uh, a huge game for Kentucky. Uh, we talked about how yesterday on the show, how bad the LSU game was and how ugly that was. And maybe there's some bigger questions than just that loss. You, you may not be able to just put that loss behind you, but if they can bounce back and somehow beat Mississippi state, then you absolutely could put that loss behind you. Uh, even if you are competitive with Mississippi state, then I think that, You get your confidence back. You kind of get some of your mojo back that you lost down in Tiger Stadium. Uh, Very curious and interested to see how Kentucky bounces back. It does seem that the team is moving forward. There's not a, a big hangover effect and a lot of you might be thinking, well, of course, every team's going to do that. They're not going to dwell. Trust me, I've, I've been around some Kentucky teams that during the week, you could just tell that they didn't have it and they didn't feel it. They didn't necessarily want it. Uh, it's only Tuesday. Players have yet to do formal interviews with media members. That's going to come later in this week, so we'll get a better idea. Uh, but based just on reactions on, on, on Twitter and uh, Mark stufe's lunch in yesterday about where the team's at. It seems like they're moving in the right direction. Anyway, as we're going to, uh, we're going to end the show. Sorry about the delay to start. We'll be back tomorrow uh, on a Ask Wednesday Hump Day edition of the Sports Talker. I'm sure everybody's looking forward to. Thanks for listening. This is uh, the Sports Talker with TJ Walker on 1450 The Sports Buzz. We'll see you tomorrow. my
0: home, on. They say, welcome to the 502 Take a Georgia boy, show him how Kentucky do Oak Priest, Classics, paint Kentucky blue They say, don't forget 270, no oh, be hitting two. Song call it blue, grass, song call it purple I'ma call it home, take a shot of Tron Lay back in the lap and take two to the dome Ride from the bill to be BG in my zone in High time, sitting by the river Got my old shotgun, fishing pole in my liquor. I was trying to tell me how to run my life When they say I'm going wrong and I swim.